Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, June 20th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Nothing special going on today, just a free-for-all to find out what's on your mind and what we can help you with today. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so start dialing. 855-950-3835. Looks like calls are already starting to come in. That's awesome. I'm going to get to your calls here pretty quickly. And today's all about you. We'll do an hour or we'll go till we run out of questions. It's up to you. Start dialing. Uh, I do have a couple things I want to talk about. Not a lot. So um, it's all about what you want to talk about today. We can talk about trucks money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority. You name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join me. Start dialing right now. I promise you'll get through. You know, I I took a complete break from the news this weekend. Um, Try to do that once in a while. I haven't done it in a while now because it seems like so much stuff is going on. Uh, I did not turn on the news all weekend long, didn't read any news, spent most of the weekend outside in the garden because finally summer is coming this week to the Pacific Northwest. We have not had summer yet at all. I think we might have had one day maybe where we hit 70 degrees. We've been in the 50s and 60s, lots of rain, lots of clouds. The garden's been struggling, but this week it looks like it all ends and summer starts here. Summer for us, if we get our typical summer, we'll be fine. We usually get somewhere between like 90 and 100 days where we might not see rain at all, period, during that whole time. That starts this week. I think by this weekend, we might even hit 90, which is unusual for us. So we're going to go from cold and wet to hot and sunny. Should be perfect for the garden. So I'll probably, I spent most of the weekend out there getting ready for it, put in about uh, 100 plants I could finally move out of the uh, grow house and get them out in the garden. So I'm a little tired from all that, but... uh, I'll probably spend some time on the garden this week. So I just got away from the news completely. And I didn't even really do a lot this morning. I kind of scrolled through some headlines, didn't read much. But I I had uh, a strange thought, which is that um, I hate to admit this, but there was a time where I actually watched a soap opera just about every day. and it was an unusual time. I was 18, and I had, we had just opened the gym, and I was the one that opened in the morning and worked the first half of the day, and then I had a partner who worked the second half of the day in the gym. And so I would open early for the people who wanted to work out before they went to work, and then you know, after about 8, 30, 9 o'clock, the place would just empty out, and it was just dead. Uh, till noon, and then people would start coming in. So, you know, there's only so much you can do in a gym. Um, And I usually got my workout in early when I opened. So I started watching this stupid soap opera, The Young and the Restless. Uh, And the weird thing about soap operas is that 
you know, you, you can watch them every day, but then you could take a month off and you come back and it seems like nothing really changed. You could take a year off and it seems like nothing changed. Honestly, you could probably take 10 years. Some of these soap operas have been running for decades. And when you go back, it's almost like you didn't miss anything. That's kind of the way I feel with the news right now. You know, I, I, I spend a lot of time on the news. I just do, reading it, watching it, um, digging and researching, whatever it might be. And when I take time away from it, you know, I almost start to worry, like, oh, am I going to miss something important? But you know what? When I looked at the news this morning, it looked just like it did on Friday, and it looked just like it did the Friday before that. And none of the news right now is good. That's one of the problems. But it was just a, a nice break for me to, to get away from that. But I got thinking about something, that, that idea of, you know, you can stay away from a soap opera for a year, everything seems the same. I, I just kind of had another experience similar to this. Uh, I was spent quite a bit of time near where I grew up on my last trip. So I got to see my family more than I have in um, quite a while. And I also uh, reconnected with some high school friends that I honestly haven't seen in 30 plus years. It's really been that long. I didn't stay in touch with anybody um, from high school at all. I, I moved um, shortly after I graduated and I've moved all over the place and I just didn't stay in touch with them. But I, I was back in the area. I had time reached out, reconnected with a couple of them, and it's kind of like a soap opera. <clears throat> Not that much really changed. It was kind of interesting to, to you know, we just kind of clicked again, and but not a lot changed. And I got thinking about it. That That's really, um, you know, it was the same way with my family. I mean, I, I, I don't talk to my family a lot just because, I think I spend so much time talking to people on phones for work that when I get off work, I hate talking on the phone. Uh, so I don't. Um, I hardly ever answer my phone. But I have a great relationship with my whole family. I'm from a big family. I'm the youngest of seven. And when I go back, it's like nothing changed. You know, we just reconnect right away. Our lives are like that. If we don't make a change, if we don't make the effort to change something in our life, it's probably not going to change. You know, look around and the people you know, people maybe in your family, your friends, your coworkers, try to find somebody who has had some major change in their life and it almost always happened to them. They didn't create the change. So if somebody does have some sort of a major change in life, and it happens, but it's almost never good. You know, the changes that happen to us, I guess it's random, they might be good, but they tend to not be. If we want good changes to happen in our life, we have to go out and initiate those changes. And most people never do. This is a really good time to think about that. What kind of changes do you want to make in your life? Now is a good time to do it. Now, I've been saying for quite a while now, don't make any big decisions. 
what I meant was don't make any big financial decisions. But this is actually a really good time to make big life decisions if you want. Pick one thing in your life that you want to improve and focus on it right now. In fact, why not become the expert on that? So it reminds me of the book, one of my favorite books, one of the books I think you absolutely should be reading right now if you haven't read it. If you have read it, I would go back to it again. I'm, I've read it a couple times. I've worked through it a couple times. Uh, and I'm kind of going back and using it as an outline again for a good way to spend my time right now because I do not want to stay focused on all the bad news. There's a lot of it. Everything I looked at this morning, stock markets down, fuel prices, eh, they might be coming down a little bit. The, uh, the, some of the oil futures did drop at the end of last week. Gas came down under $5 nationally. Uh, diesel really uh, didn't change much. I think we're still at five eighty one, but at least it didn't go up. Or five, yeah, $5.81. Um, at least it didn't go up. The stock market doesn't look good. Interest rates are on their way up. The real estate market is tanking pretty quickly. I think it's pretty clear we're in a recession. We've probably got 18 or 24 months. The White House is still claiming that a recession is not inevitable, that it maybe will avoid it. I kind of doubt it. I, I, there are very, very few economists saying that. Uh, it, it looks like we're definitely at the beginning of a recession, and I would expect it will be about the same as, <clears throat> as most, 18 to 24 months. Might be a little rougher than most because we seem to be on a bubble with everything this time. If we look at our last two, the bubble in you know 90s, early 2000s was all around tech, the dot-com bust, then the uh, recession of 08, 09 was really a real estate crash. That's what kind of precipitated that one. But this one, everything seems to be on a bubble. Stocks, tech, real estate, uh, cryptocurrency, which wasn't even around the last time we had a recession. Um, it's getting hammered. No big surprise there. I've been saying for ever since crypto came out, stay away from it. You know, as the average investor should not be investing in things like that, that they don't understand. And I've talked to a lot of people, nobody really understands crypto. Um, and we have no idea. One of the best ways that we're able to predict things when it comes to investments is, is strictly by looking at the past. So when you have an entirely new asset class, like cryptocurrencies, there is no past. That makes it very, very difficult to figure out what's going to happen. So back to the book. Um, you're probably going to hear me talk a lot about this book. Uh, if there was one book you could focus on during this time, this would be it. And I've read thousands of books on business. That's not an exaggeration, thousands. This would be the one I would focus on right now. There's lots of good business books I could recommend. But for where we are right now, this is hands down the one I would recommend. Now, I also, I don't even, this is almost like a course. You know, this, this, there's so much in this book. And here's the way I recommend reading it. 
And I will warn you, this isn't an easy read. This isn't something you pick up and sit back and listen, and it's really enjoyable. There are some good business books like that. Uh, This isn't one of them. This is, you're going to be, or you should be actively learning. But the way I would approach this book and kind of the way I use it, read it once all the way through so you get the big picture. In the book, by the way, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's been out over 30 years, I think. I know there's a 25th anniversary edition of it. I read it when it first came out, probably 30 some years ago. And it was a game changer for me. Really, really good book. Read it once all the way through to get the big picture. And then go back and take one chapter at a time and the chap- there are seven chapters that cover the seven habits. So go back and start with habit number one, which really kind of ties into what I just talked about, the fact that life doesn't change for us unless we proactively go make the change. And most changes that happen to us are usually not good. It's unfortunate. That just seems to be how life works. If you sit back and wait for things to happen to you, they don't seem to be very positive. You've got to go out and make those positive changes. And that's what habit number one is all about. Habit number one is be proactive, not reactive. Most people are reactive in life. They're waiting for things to happen to them and then they respond to them. They don't have a plan. They don't have goals. They just kind of float through life, bouncing off the things that happen to them instead of plotting their own course in life. So habit number one, be proactive. Read the book. Read the book. Maybe we should get a book club together. Maybe we should pick a book every couple of weeks and read it, and then maybe we'll do a live conference on uh, one of our websites. We'll talk about that. I I just think this is a, I've always been a huge believer in reading. No doubt for me, it's it's been a, a game changer and a life changer for me my whole life. Maybe we just really need to focus on helping more people get into this habit right now, the habit of reading books. And this is a great one to start with. It's all about habits. Seven of them, really good ones. Check it out. All right, we're going to get some phone calls. Lines are open, I promise. If you dial right now, you will get in. 855-950-3835. Let's go to the phones and find out what's, uh, what's on your mind today. We're going to get started in Missouri. Johnny, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I got a, uh, three questions I need to ask you. What's that? Okay, first one is uh, I'm a company driver, and my company does 4% match, and I'm 51 years old. What should I, should I be investing into 401k? Yes, you should. Because of the match, now, here's the thing. Have you looked at the plan that your company offers? It's only a 401k. They only do 401ks. Okay. So let's, let's explain. So this is a great question, and this is a really good time to go back to the basics 
on investment and retirement investing. So um, a 401k technically is not an investment. A 401k, the best way I've been able to, and let's, let's just lump all retirement accounts together. So things like IRAs, uh, Roth IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP, um, self-employed pension plans, 401k, 403b, I'm sure Kios, um, individual 401ks. These are all retirement accounts. And what makes them a retirement account is that there are tax rules about how your money works in a retirement account. And it's the tax rules that allow us to grow our money faster than you could when you're not in a retirement account. So we're going to talk about retirement accounts in general. Then we'll talk about what the investment really is. So retirement accounts in general allow you to put money into them. And then in some ways, they're not going to be taxed. That's the the common factor in all retirement accounts. Now, there is a little bit of a difference, and I don't want to get too deep into this right now. Some accounts give us a tax break right now, and other accounts give us a tax break more so, well, each year as the money grows, but then we get a really big tax break at the end. So traditional IRAs give us a bigger tax break now, and we'll have to pay the tax at the end, Roth IRAs or Roth accounts, because you could also have a Roth 401k, they give us some tax break each year, but not as much. And then we get a bigger tax break at the end. I tend to prefer the the Roth type accounts. You do have to wait longer to get your tax break, but you get a much bigger tax break by waiting for it. So but that's that's we can kind of set that aside. I'm, I don't want to really talk about which one you should pick right now. But I want people to understand that the retirement accounts, all of these accounts that I just mentioned, like I said, I probably missed one or two. They're all basically the same and they're not investments. Think of them as a box. The account is a box. And if you put the money, and let's let's just play this analogy out in the real world. If you had a box and you put all of your money in it and you taped it up and you stuck it in the back of the closet and you come back at the end of retirement or when it, at the beginning of retirement, the end of working and you're about to retire and you open up that box, how much money is going to be in that box? About the same that you put in there. Exactly. Money can't multiply on its own. It's not like bunny rabbits. The, the amount of money you put in that box will be exactly the same. That's really all. But that box sheltered your money from the government. The government didn't get to take any of that money out of the box. Like in a regular retirement or investment account, you could be paying taxes on things. In a retirement account, you don't. The, but that's all the retirement account is, is it's a box. And when you put your money in there, now you don't lose that money to taxes over the years. That's what allows it to grow faster because it compounds more because the government isn't taking a chunk of it every year. 
Does that make sense so far? Yes. Okay, but keep that in mind. The account itself is just a box, and if all we did was put some money in the account, we would get that tax sheltering, but nothing really happens to that money. It's not invested in anything yet. It's just sitting in this box we call the retirement account. Now, once it's in that box, we decide what we're going to invest it into. The most likely thing in most retirement accounts are mutual funds. Mutual funds are just a big group of stocks. But we could, technically, there are ways to invest IRA money into real estate. You can invest IRA money into precious metals like gold and silver. There are even ways to create retirement accounts where you invest in things like art and collectibles and classic cars and you name it if there's some way of making money we can probably set up a retirement account that would allow us to invest into those things now most people don't most people have their 401k or their retirement account through an employer that's what we're talking about here that employer offers a plan And in the plan, it will offer certain mutual funds. Now we want to get specific about which mutual funds we invest into. Is this all making sense so far? Yes. Now, if your company did not have a match, I would probably tell you just ignore their plan and go get your own IRA. The only other reason to use an employer plan if they don't have a match is if uh, some people just know they don't have the discipline to do this on their own and it's easier to check the box and say, take this money out of my check before I ever see it. I get that. And if that's you or anybody listening, then yes, you should do that because the first step in investing is putting some money aside and that's the step everybody never does if you never put the money aside you never need to worry about these other questions but the first step is we have to get into that habit of putting money aside so two reasons to use an employer plan one they offer a match and we're going to come back and talk about that because yours does two i would even use a lousy employer plan if it forced me to save and i wasn't able to do it any other way now let's talk about yours a four percent match that's that's four percent free money if you don't sign up and take advantage of this you never get that money so to me for me when there's an employee match an employer match absolutely you should be signed up the next question becomes do they have the types of mutual funds we want to invest in and the answer is usually no unfortunately These plans use mostly high cost, high commission uh, kind of mutual funds and those fees and commissions and loads and costs, they eat away at your investment just like taxes would. What we want are very low cost index mutual funds like the S&P 500 index. They're usually not available through these plans. So if you understand all this, you could look at the plan and say, okay, I'm going to put in 
the money I need to get my full 4% match, no matter what. I don't care what their plans are. You always put in enough to get your 4% match. If they have, say, an S&P 500 index fund, then I might do my entire retirement through them and, and put in even more to get the match. Most of the time, though, I tell people, put in just enough to get your complete match. And then if you still have money to put into retirement, go do it in your own IRA so we can pick better mutual funds to invest into. Does that make sense? That was confusing. That's a lot of stuff. But that's the way I look at this. You absolutely take advantage of that 4% match. Then after that, you decide, do they have a good enough option in here that I would put more money in, or should I just go open my own IRA so I can pick my own funds? Okay. Second question. Health. Um, I did a uh, 10-minute discovery call with Lauren, and she got me on a kidney and a bladder protocol. Okay. I see, I went into your store. I seen where you got the, I don't know if it's the bladder one, but you're out of it. I never did see a, the other one. I don't know if, I don't know which ones you're out of. You're, you're sold out right now. One of them, but I didn't see the other one. Do you have, um, I don't know which one is which. Um, on the ancestral supplements, that's what we're talking about here. And, let me go check on our page just so I can tell you what we do have and what we don't. Because uh, I checked over the weekend. You're, you're out of the, I think it's the, I don't know. I know. I don't know if it's the kidney or the bladder, but you're out of, you're sold out of it right now. So. All right. I'm looking right now to, uh, yeah, it looks like we're out of a couple of them. We're out of gallbladder. Uh, tricky. We have some really good ones in here too. Um, Huh. Yeah, I would, you're right. The one I would probably recommend for you, we're out of right now. Now, uh, I did put my email in there, so that way when you did get it back in, then they would let me know and I can get it, so. Okay, the one, let me take a look at this one. This one may work for you right now. Yeah, we do have one in stock. It's actually called Beef Organs. But it is okay. the, it's the full kind of organ complex that we recommend because it's, it all comes from grass-fed beef, but it's liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. And that one is in stock right now. Okay. And how much is that one? Uh, $48 for the 180, 180 capsules. Okay. Okay. Also, she did say something about, now I drink a lot of coffee. What is your suggestion about doing that uh, NDK coffee thing? So when you say a lot of coffee, how much? Um, okay. So I have like a, I don't know what size this Love's Cup is. I don't know what size it is. I drink about uh, two to four cups of the Love's coffee, probably about a large, I guess that would be a lot. Uh, I don't know what, what that would, was it, what's a large, um, probably cup, uh, like it out. 14 ounces. Um, okay. If you're doing three of those a day now, I am not, at lo- least, 
Yeah, I'm not looking at your NutriQ right now, Um, but I do know this. Very few people can handle that much caffeine well in a day. That much caffeine for most people is going to cause issues, adrenal issues and some other things. So I drink, most days I probably drink uh, 28 ounces total. Um, I do two 14-ounce cups a day. Some, You know, for a while I cut back to one. For some reason now, I just really, really crave that second cup. Uh, and I am, I'm actually doing two cups of NDK a day. So the first thing, I would cut back some. And one of the ways that makes it easier to cut back, or honestly, if you get a good organic, um, a good clean organic decaf coffee, then that's just fine. It's really the caffeine we're trying to avoid too much of, not the coffee itself. Coffee has antioxidants and, you know, some minerals in there if we make it right. And we're, but we are a little concerned about over-consuming caffeine. Caffeine kind of puts us into okay. that fight-or-flight mode. You know, the first hit of caffeine sharpens your brain. You think better, gives you a little more endurance. So we're not totally against caffeine, but it's one of those nutrients where the dose is the poison too much caffeine can really kind of sidetrack things it's hard on all the stress hormones um so you could either just cut back to like less than 30 ounces a day is probably a good number to stay under and 30 ounces is a lot of coffee or if you're going to go over 30 ounces start drinking decaf at at some point during the day and then at least and okay if you're getting a good, clean, organic coffee, it's going to be the water decaf method, which is what we're looking for. There's a chemical method they use to decaffeinate coffee. There's a, I think they call it the Swiss water method. That's really what you're looking for. Um, <clears throat> okay, because what I what I buy is the um, Folgers half and half, like half decaf and half coffee well that that helps that cuts the caffeine down as well so it and that's kind of what we're trying to do so if you were doing you know half caffeinated on all of these cups then maybe 40 or 45 ounces a day might be okay might not be that big of a deal you're probably getting about the same amount of caffeine you would in you know 24 to 30 ounces of caffeinated now should you be doing ndk um Again, I'm not. Are you trying to lose weight at all still, or trying to get blood sugar under control? Well, um, I I lost about. See, I went from two sixty two down to two eighteen. Excellent. In about six months. Now I'm back up to two thirty one. Okay. From two eighteen back to two thirty one. I'm back on the road. I was at home. I came off the road. Um, as soon as I did that. The doctor took me off all the medicines except for my my uh, heart medicine that I'm taking now for for heart medicine. That's right. all I'm right. taking out is the heart medicine. Well, Everything hold, else hold. I'm taking off. Okay, excellent. Let's talk about that heart medicine though. What is it? Uh, it's it, uh, I I was diagnosed with an AFib, and the heart doctor put so me on a, like Eliquest yeah, and a, stuff it, and it, some it, other it, stuff. It's a blood thinner. Um, honestly, at some point, if I were you, I'd do a consult with Dr. Wolfson and get off of that. Okay. It, it, um, it, I was going to, I was going, I was going to, but it was like $1,400 what he's, what they was 
called me to, to come in and or to do a I, council I, with him. So yeah, I I get it. I know it's expensive, and I know you know things could be a little tough right now. But here's the option. You're either going to spend $1,400 to get a good heart consult and probably get off of this. He'll show you how. Or you could not okay. spend the 1400 stay on it, and I guarantee it will cost you a lot more than 1400 over the rest of your life. Okay. So I would strongly okay. consider it, see if I think he, if he may have some, you know, sm- less expensive options for just, Give it a shot, but I I would keep that in mind. I really, really love starting my day with NDK coffee. This is the one thing I just don't miss. Um, I don't miss doing it. When I had to uh, do the um, AIP paleo, uh, I did it for 90 days. Coffee is not allowed at all on AIP paleo. that was really, really tough. I really missed my NDK coffee. So here's the thing. Coffee in the morning, a little bit of caffeine really kind of gets our brain going. That's a good thing. The idea behind NDK coffee is that um, we want our bodies to run on fat, not sugar. So in the right. morning... We're basically NDK coffee is giving our body a straight shot of fat, you know, butter and coconut oil. And here's the other thing about it. It tastes incredible. I don't think I've ever met a coffee drinker who doesn't love the taste of NDK coffee. That that rich, you know, deep, buttery, fatty kind of taste is just really satisfying, gives me tons of energy, um, absolutely knocks my appetite out for hours. So if I get up like yesterday or over the weekend, I got up, had, you know, one cup early in the morning, had one cup later in the morning. Most of the time, I'm not even thinking about food till three or four o'clock in the afternoon if I have two cups. If I have one cup, I'm usually hungry by about noon. Uh, If I have two cups, it's three or four in the afternoon before I'm even thinking about eating. So that allows me to do my 18-6 intermittent fast really easy because I'm just never hungry. A lot of days, if I drank two and I'm active like I was yesterday in the garden, I almost have to force myself to eat dinner. I don't think I ate the first time till six o'clock last night, and then I ended up eating... uh, eight chicken drumsticks. They were really good too. Um, so it, okay. give it a shot. I mean, I, I can't imagine okay. starting my day without it. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, because I got on YouTube, I was watching your son and you make, uh, yeah. And I was making it. It's like, well, I like the cinnamon. I, uh, and I seen the butter. The only thing I don't have is the, um, the collagen and the, uh, the new balance and that, uh, brain octane, and Lauren did suggest on there. She did put down in the bottom that you know, you know, do NDK, you know, NDK coffee. And she's also got me on a a keto diet with thirty four grams of carbs a day, one day. Perfect. And uh, so that's what yeah, I just wanted because I looked in your store. Right. I'm a, I'm I'm thinking about doing it so that way I can get up because I'm thirsty. It's like. Like my problem is I'm hungry. I like some days I eat at six o'clock at night, go during the day at about eight, nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm hungry, but I don't, 
feel hungry, but I'm not, I don't, I mean, I don't feel hungry, but I, you know, I got to eat. You know, I feel like, no, I know. I, you I know, know what you, you mean. Eat. You get those kind of weird cravings and you're not really sure what you want. And uh, two things there. One, all that fat in the NDK coffee. And I do make mine with brain octane and brain octane for me is like my secret weapon. I think much better on brain octane. I get this good, clean energy. I get real mental clarity. That's why they call it brain octane. What brain octane is, it's it's a form of coconut oil. We pull one specific fat out of coconut oil and that becomes brain octane. The reason we pick that one specific fat is because it kind of forces your body to make ketones and our brains love ketones for fuel. So when, when our brain is running on ketones, it's running on high octane. So that's really what, you know, um, this is. So try it now. Okay. Be careful. Okay. There is a thing with brain octane that um, we call disaster pants. For some reason, this does not agree with some people and it goes right through them. Now, some people okay. can work their way into it, start with a teaspoon and see how it goes. I actually put two tablespoons in each cup that I make. So I'm getting four tablespoons a day right now of brain octane. Some people can't seem to get past it at all. Uh, my wife, Lisa, is one. She cannot consume brain octane at all. Now, she can consume coconut oil just fine, but not brain octane. So if, if you can't do the brain octane, then do the coconut oil. But like I said, I consider brain octane my secret weapon. Okay. And my third question is, I'm, I'm a company driver. Uh, I have a 2021 with a DT12 transmission with a DD15 engine with a 226-er in. Okay. How fast should I be running this truck? Because it's like, uh, I know I talked to you and the other guy on the uh, technology. I was the company driver, remember? And right. you, they all told me to stop slowing down. And what should I do? I mean, I'm, I'm making more money now because I'm pumping out more miles, but what is your suggestion? Uh, how, because at 67, I'm about 1300 RPMs. Is that about right? Sound about right for this setup? Here's the thing. Um, when we talk about speed and RPM, we are specifically focused on fuel mileage and secondarily okay. maintenance. When we run the truck in the proper RPM, we get better fuel economy and our maintenance costs go down. I, I love the fact that employee drivers want to do that. But I would say first, this is the system that we've set up in the trucking industry. We pay people by the mile. I, I would make sure you're getting your miles in for the day. Um, that speed, okay. 67 at 1300 on that engine is just fine. You're going to get reasonably okay. good fuel economy, as, as good as you're going to get at 67, because it, it's specced pretty nice to do that speed. Um, it, you'd be fine all day long, 65 to 70. If you have more time okay. and you want to relax a little bit and you're, you're not in any hurry, because if you get somewhere, you're going to end up waiting anyway, um, you could also run this truck, you know, 55 to 60, probably indirect. Okay. All right. Okay. 
That sounds good. Okay, that's what I have. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and order that NGA coffee, and then I'll try it. Like I said, I know there's stats on there, like so many, you know, on the thing I was reading, and it said, you know, so many drops of this, so many, you know, that right. I'll just try that and go from there because I, I love cappuccino. I love the French oh. vanilla and stuff like that, but oh, I don't drink. I don't drink it. I don't drink it because of the sugar. Yeah, let me tell you something. This the the NDK coffee tastes like a really really good latte or a cappuccino that nice kind of thick creamy put a couple drops of vanilla in there just straight vanilla you'll swear you're drinking the best vanilla uh, cappuccino you've ever had okay all right then i'll order it and and just try it out like i said i mean it ain't gonna hurt me i guess so no it's definitely not going to hurt you yeah uh, and we do the kit because it makes it easy. We do put the vitamin D drops in there, um, the collagen. You could also do the vanilla collagen. I think I'm pretty sure we have a vanilla collagen that um, makes that coffee taste really good too. Let's uh, let's go to Alabama. We've got some lines open. We've got a little bit of time here. Well, if you call, I'll, I'll keep answering questions. So pick up the phone and join me, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. Let's go to Alabama. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. What's on your mind today? Uh, nothing much. Um, my God, I got a question about uh, network and LLC. I have my authority for going on three years, and I'm one truck, but I have uh, a truck leased on to me. The truck that's leased on to me is uh, my brother. And I own some real estate, and my net worth is getting close to a million. I'm like right at a million. Congratulations! I bought real estate. Thank you. I bought real estate cash. Um, worst case, say if you know me, I'm about to have a bad accident. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose anything so how can i get more protection like for the worst case case you know my brother run over the top of somebody or just something bad happens how can i protect that and i am an llc right now but i don't know how much protection uh you know will that help me well this is a really good topic so thanks for asking and we haven't talked about this in a while so Um, it's a good time to go over this. Um, I know you hear all these crazy late night commercials when you're driving, you know, form a corporation, form an LLC, protect your assets. Um, the first question we have to ask is, do you have enough assets that you need to protect them anyway? Most people don't. Most people do not have anywhere near the amount of assets that, would make it worth it for an attorney to come after them personally. Most of the time, insurance is going to pay things out, and that's going to be the end of it. If you went after the average American, what do they have to get? You can't can't sue somebody if they don't own any assets, they don't have any real net worth. And honestly, today, that million number is kind of the bottom I mean, attorneys aren't going after cases unless they can get a million dollars at least. 
Um, there are some ways we can set up our assets so they can't be attached, although if it's investment property, that can be. There are a couple ways we can look at this. One, first off, we, we answered the question, do you have enough that somebody might come after you? And you're getting to that point, so I'm glad you're thinking about this now. You can never truly separate yourself from that liability. So will the LLC protect you? Probably not. And here's why. We, and I'm, I'm actually okay with this. We should not be able to just sign a piece of paper and somehow we're no longer liable for our actions. If we go out and do something really stupid and we kill somebody or injure them, we should be liable. We should have to pay. Somebody should. So we either have to pay it or we have to have insurance that pays it. Or, uh, so I, I don't believe we should be able to separate ourselves from that kind of liability corporations they are really designed that protection is designed for shareholders if i buy stock in apple i don't want to be responsible for stupid things apple does i didn't make that decision i'm just a shareholder that's really what corporate protection is all about but if you are the decision maker in that corporation or that LLC and you make a really stupid decision and it hurts somebody, you can be held liable. There, there isn't total protection in there. So we have to look at other ways to protect. Insurance is one. You could possibly look at, um, uh, do you have your like homeowner's insurance uh Car insurance, all your personal yeah, insurances. Do, do you have those with one agent or one company? No, it's a different company. So what you might want to do is find a good agent and consolidate, get those insurance coverages in with one agent. Here's the reason that's just a good idea in general. There are lots of times where there's some overlap on insurance. If you park your car somewhere and somebody breaks into it and steals your laptop, which insurance policy do you have that would cover that? If someone steals my laptop. Out of your car. I don't have any. Oh, out of my car? Yeah, car insurance. No, that's what everybody would think. Believe it or not, your homeowner's insurance covers that. That's why you should have one agent because insurance is complicated. We never think about it because hopefully we don't have to use it. But then if you don't understand these things and something happens and you realize, oh, there was a gap in my policy because I got my car insurance through this company. I got my homeowners through this company and neither one of them had that coverage. Whereas if you have an agent and he's working for you, he understands, and all these laws can be different in different states. That can even make things more confusing. But if you have a good agent, he can, and you need one now that you've got these kind of assets. You really do need a good single insurance agent that can look at all of your policies and say, okay, we had a gap here, let's do this. You're covered here, let's raise this rate because now you have more assets. The other thing he can look at then is you could get what's called an umbrella policy. And an umbrella policy, you can get a million dollars, two million dollars. 
they are kind of strange because they might have a deductible like $300,000. And you'd be like, oh, well, that's stupid. But your other insurances kick in first and cover those things. Then the umbrella kicks in in case you have some sort of big lawsuit against you. So that's one of the best ways as you start to accumulate assets, but you you really need a good insurance agent. Now is a good time to to find one, get all your coverages consolidated and have them figure out how you could protect yourself better with insurance. Okay. What about another option could be uh, if I do a, um, like I said, I do not have any mortgages on, on the properties, but if I take cash back, like do a refi, but I don't, you know, just uh, take pull cash out of all each property. I have all five properties. No, don't I, don't do that. Uh, pull, don't I'll do just, that. Just, just stop. Don't do that because that changes nothing about your liability. They can still take those properties. You're still stuck with the debt. They could take one of your properties and they get it free and clear in a lawsuit. You still have the debt to worry about. So that would not protect you at all. It would put you in a far worse position. And now you're paying interest on loans and interest rates are going through the roof. You do not want to do that. You have a free and clear asset right now. Congratulations on buying things with cash. Don't change that. Okay. Well, I'll look, in, I'll look into, I'll take your advice and I'll look at that. Um, I'll call around and, and that's about the umbrella uh, uh, coverage. I sure appreciate it a lot, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Congratulations, by the way, on, on you know, good financial planning and uh, a good discipline to get you to this place. Now we have to worry about things like taxes and insurance and lawsuits and all that other crazy stuff. All right, we, uh, we have phone lines open right now. If you, let me refresh just to make sure once in a while I say that we have all kinds of calls. Um, no, it looks like we dropped some of our calls. So if you want to jump in right now, um, we've got some time left. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes. You can call me and talk about uh, whatever happens to be on your mind. Come on over and check out the websites. We have our our social sites. We move just about everything off of Facebook. We still have a small presence there, but not much. HealthyTribe.com, if you're interested on the health side of things. If you haven't been there yet, come on over and check it out. We have all kinds of great information there. You can ask questions. I spend a lot of time on there um, answering questions. Also on the health side, if you haven't done our NutriQ and our discovery call yet, you really should. They're both free. These are really, really powerful tools that we make available to you at no cost. You can do the NutriQ. That's just an online questionnaire. We're going to ask you a lot of questions about what's going on with your health, your symptoms, those kind of things. And then we'll create a 30-day plan for you in the discovery call uh, to work on your single biggest health issue. So check that out. On the trucking side, we have truckingtribe.com. 
You can ask questions there. We have all kinds of people answering questions over there. We have people from Pittsburgh Power. Uh, Mike and Kevin Beckett are both active on there. I answer a lot of questions in there as well. Um, A lot of the owner operators and people you hear call the show a lot are in there. Great place to uh, get your questions answered. So check that out at truckingtribe.com and then... The NutriQ, the Discovery Call, our store, our blog, all kinds of information you can find at letstruck.com. All right, we're going to head off to Iowa this time. Tony, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your yeah, mind I got today? I'm going to give you uh, some retirement stuff. I'm give you a little, little bit of background. Back in uh, 2011, uh, I was, you know, jobless, homeless, didn't have a, didn't have a thing. Went, went, went to trucking school uh, on a, uh, on a government grant. And it was a uh, six-month tech uh, school thing. Okay. I didn't have any money to pay for it. So, but anyways, I went through there, you know, six-month course and, 2012, graduated, got out, and started working local. But anyway, um, so I, I've, I've been driving since 2012. Now I'm a company driver. Been with this company for six years, and through their IRA uh, program, they have a three percent match that I'm doing. I've got uh, well, with the market crashing now, it's about worth twenty thousand now. Okay, and um, I've got ten thousand more in one of my in a personal IRAs. So I got ten thousand there, and about another ten thousand. So excellent. That's what I've got. I'm I'm your age, so that's the bad news. As far as how much time I have to, you know, grow some money to be able to retire with. Yeah. Yeah, time is the one thing I can't change. You know, I can give people all kinds of yeah. advice. We can talk about strategies and tactics, yeah. and but time is so critically important in investing. Um, you know, the yeah. one example that people have a hard time wrapping their head around, I talked about this the other day. Uh, I talked about, you know, paying your children, and you start them seven, eight, nine years old on like, a month if all of it goes into an investment account and they did that the rest of their life just $75 never more they could end up potentially with like $6 million by the time they were 60 now if you start at our age the amount of money it would take to create $6 million is insane I mean, you, it, it, yeah. it, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, our, our yep. goal, though, whatever, is, you know, I'm glad you're doing it. So congratulations, because most people never get there. So you've started. You've already accumulated yep. money. That's excellent. I, I would not try to get out of the market right now. I would not t- try to time the market. You still have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah right. So, yeah, we just yeah, keep... Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to touch it. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, you still have plenty of time, and you're on track. You know, there's, there's other things that are changing about this. I don't get... 
as concerned anymore. You know, our traditional model of work and retirement actually sucks when you think about it. We have people who spend 30, 40 years in a job that they absolutely hate. They probably don't save any money, although they should have. And then they retire and one, they don't have much money or assets to do much of anything. They're bored out of their mind. They have no real purpose. That, that, that retirement plan to me always sucked. I, I don't like the idea of that at all. Our world today, it's yeah, so much easier to keep working instead of fully retiring, but you don't have to have this nine to five job, 40 hours a week. There's so many opportunities in today's world to generate some sort of an income, even in retirement, without working the rest of your life. And and I actually think that's a better form of retirement anyway, you know, to stay active with some sort of a purpose. So I, I still think you're in good shape. Keep doing what you're doing. And the other thing is, you know, we're well, we, it's possible to be healthy enough now that you can live and work longer. Um, what is your specific question? Oh, well, I was just, uh, well, I guess, you know, I, I've been concerned about, you know, trying to save up enough money to, you know, be able to help me out when, I, you know, 20 years from now. So. Yeah, so the... So I just wanted the only thing we can do to make up for a lack of time is we just have to contribute more money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can put some more in my personal account. So it's my personal operation. So, all right, I guess that's about it. Okay. Very good. Yeah, you're on the right track. I mean, we all wish we would have started sooner. You know, I look back and think, boy, I wish I could have started in my 20s. I didn't. Um, I did not start putting money um, aside, period, uh, into savings or any kind of investment or retirement till about my mid-30s. And, and honestly, that's late. I lost a lot of opportunity. Every year we wait, it gets worse. So even starting really, really small, like $25 a month is better than not starting at all. Um, You've got some assets set aside. That's the good news. We know you can do it. You have the discipline. You've already been doing it. Again, the only thing that can make up for a lack of time is contribute more. So sometimes you have to dig a little deeper, sacrifice a little more, um, give up a couple things. Every dollar you can put in can become more dollars. That's the other reason for doing this. So take a look. Uh, This is a great time to take a look at your finances and, you know, create some budgets if that works. And okay. And I'm talking to everybody now kind of dig deep to, um, to figure out where you can get more money to make those contributions. And if you're out there listening and you haven't started saving money for anything, start. Now it, it, Now is always the time to start saving. There, there is never a bad time to start saving money. One of the really good reasons to start saving money right now in cash, 
I have a feeling we're going to see some really, really attractive CD rates, certificates of deposit that have no risk. You buy a certificate of deposit from a bank, you can't ever lose money in a CD, and you know exactly how much you're going to gain. Right now, I would guess CDs are paying maybe 2%. Um, Maybe they're a little higher, but it's probably not much, but that's on its way up. We've been talking about um, the um, stagflation and recession back in the early 80s. I went through that just getting out of um, high school, and I've talked about this. At that time, CDs were paying 10%. That is incredible. I would love to see CDs paying 10% right now. Um because I'd be able to earn a significant amount of money and in interest every year. Uh, we're, we're sitting on both the business and personally uh, a decent amount of cash right now because I've, I do the same thing I tell everybody else to do. Three and four years ago when I started talking about this, actually almost five years ago, uh, my advice was and has been ever since, I've probably said it a thousand times since then, pay down debt, save cash. That's exactly what we started doing. And I I, I hear from a lot of callers who have done the same thing. It's awesome. You've put yourself in a really good position. All right, let's grab another call. Like I said, I will stay as long as uh, you've got questions. Uh, Other than that, if we run out of questions right now, I'm going to wrap it up. But let's go to Ohio and talk to Herschel. Herschel, welcome. Hey, Kevin, how you today? Good. I did it again. What? Damn it. What? I did oh. it again. <laughs> Ask you how you're doing. <laughs> That's all right. I had a good weekend. Hey, uh, good deal. Yeah, we did too. It was actually in the 70s, no humidity. Oh, my wife and I about worked ourselves sample this weekend. Good, good. Um, speaking of my wife, and you've been talking about Oh, different 401 questions and whatnot today. So my wife's been wanting to do a will, and I've been kind of dragging my feet. I'm pretty sure I asked you this, but it may have been four or five years ago, and I honestly don't remember what you said. We've got a decent pile of money for savings when it comes to retirement. We're getting close to three-quarters of a million cash. Excellent. Congratulations. Uh, house is down to... Yeah, the house is down to about 42K. It'll be done in three or four years nice. at the most. Cars are paid for, you know, so we're all right. <laughs> but we have three kids, the two boys. If you didn't tell them to go inside when it was doing a real good rain, they'd probably drown. <laughs> they won't hold a job. They will not hold a job at all. I quite frankly... Enabling bad behavior and leaving them a pile of money when they won't even keep a job. We got a daughter that's doing good. Uh, we got six grandkids. I just don't know what in the world to do. I told my wife what I'd like to do is leave a number, pick a number for each grandchild, whatever that number is, and then something for Sherry and her husband because they're both good people. They they work. They're doing it right. But everything else. I'd like to leave, like, make a wish foundation for kids that are terminally ill and they get their Excellent. one last hurrah, baby. Excellent. 
That's what I would like to do. But how do I convince my wife? Do you think I'm on the right track? Oh, wait a minute. What do you got for me? Anything? Well, maybe. I thought I had a lot for you till you threw the real question out, which was how do you convince your wife? That's the tough one. Uh, I could answer all the other stuff, but you had to trip me up there at the end by saying, how do I convince my wife? Um, Let's try, I guess. I have a very, very different opinion about um, leaving money. You know, we talk about retirement, saving money, make sure we have enough to, you know, so we can either retire or go do things we really love to do. Um, that's the first goal. For me, I honestly think it's a really bad idea for people to get money that they didn't earn. I, I, I am not a big fan of inheritance at all. In fact, I told my kids, you're not getting a penny, not one. Um, I may leave you some things that, you know, have some emotional value, but don't think you're getting a pile of money, no matter how much I have. The, the first thing is there are ways to do retirement planning so that your money kind of runs out at the same time you do, which is the goal. I mean, we want to make sure that if we're, sure. if we're healthy and we live really long, our money lives with us. There are ways to do that. And it, it, kind of works right to the end. One way, um, here's just one example. You could do a reverse mortgage on your house. When you say, okay, I'm done, we're ready to retire, you do a reverse mortgage. And basically what you're doing is you're selling your house at that moment. But you, you get the money from the sale sort of now, you get to live in your house until you die. No matter how long that is, the, the, the reverse mortgage takes away that risk. You'll always be able to live in the house. You get the money for the sale technically now, and the company that's doing the reverse mortgage takes the risk on how long you're going to live. But when you're done, you're done. They get the house. You got the money ahead of time, so there's no asset left there. You could take all of the money that you accumulate and you could put it into an annuity. And there are different kinds of annuities and we have to get really specific and do a lot of planning. But in general, the annuity kind of does the same thing the reverse mortgage does. You give all of your money to an insurance company. That's where you get annuities. They tell you, we'll give you this much every month until you die and it doesn't matter if you live to be 110 but if you die tomorrow they get it all but you've taken away your risk the downside is when you die and your spouse i mean we can work this out so that the spouse is always protected as well but when you do this kind of financial planning it protects you no matter how long you're going to live The downside is there's nothing left to give to anybody else. I've always said to my kids, that's how I'm doing my retirement planning. I'm going to use all of my money. I'm not giving you any. Instead, throughout your life, I'm hoping to give you the right information and teach you how to do this yourself so that you don't need my money that you didn't earn. I'm going to teach you how to earn your money better, how to invest it better, so that at the end, you get to do this as well. I, I just, I really don't like the idea. Even the best kids 
where now they're adults and they're successful and they're responsible. I still don't like to give people money they didn't earn. I think it's bad for everybody. Your idea, I think, is better. Yes, it is. You First off, I would look at some of these things that when the time comes, reverse mortgages and some annuities, and you can still structure it in a way that you say, okay, when I'm done, everything that's left goes to make a wish or, you know, whatever charities you, this is where you would want a really good fee-based financial planner to help you with all the specifics. But I'm with you. I, I, I really don't want to leave a bunch of money to any of my kids. I just think it's bad for them. And well, I, sure you are absolutely right. If you have irresponsible kids, you're, kids who are irresponsible with money, those are the last people you want to leave money to. It will ruin their life. Exactly. 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 Well, since we're talking about this, I'll throw one more quick one at you. A buddy of mine, and (laughs) you would have to know him. We call him the legend, okay, because he's a legend in his own mind. Um, He swears that you should never own your home, you should always have a loan of some kind and a lien because if something happens, you get in some kind of a lawsuit, if there's a lien, whoever's suing you can't take your house if there's a lien. Is there any truth to that? No. Well, there could be some. I just addressed this. I said you could end up losing the property and still owning the debt. Those are two different legal situations. One is property that you own. Two is a debt that you owe. Even though they're connected because it's a mortgage, that doesn't mean they can't take your property and leave you with the debt. That can still happen. Could there be certain certain circumstances? circumstances where they they're not going to try to take it because there's a lien and there's no equity yeah that can happen too this can get complicated there's lots of situations but here's the thing i'm not going to pay interest all my life to possibly try to avoid somebody taking something from me let me ask you this that's what i thought i've been around the the sun 59 times now i do not know a single person not one who has ever lost anything in the lawsuit do you know of any i do not and i'll be 56 in august and i agree i think that's throwing good money after bad exactly it's it's, it's, for you you know i just went through that whole call with this that, you know, my first caller today worked so hard, he's got almost a million dollars in assets, and I gave him the exact opposite advice. No, don't do stupid stuff like that, thinking you're protecting anything. If you want to protect things, go get right. a good insurance agent and make sure you have the best insurance in place that you can afford. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we got to figure this out, of course, but yeah, I just leaving money to somebody irresponsible is just a bad idea. And I have a it, big problem with that. It, it is. And, you know, the other thing, there, there's so many other reasons. I, I don't want my children ever, and I don't think they, but we're, we're all human. I don't want my kids ever thinking that it's a good thing that I'm going to die because they're going to get a bunch of money. Right. Exactly. And 
Exactly. And the, you hit the nail on the head, though. The worst part about this is most of the time when we give this money to people, we're giving them a bunch of money that they've never figured out how to manage the little bit of money they have now. More money will only make their problems worse. We all believe that if we got that money, it will make our problems go away. It almost always makes it worse. Well, just look at the percentage of people that win the big fat mega ball, it's, whatever you call it, lottery, and they're crazy. broke in six months. It is crazy what those people go through, and many of them. I've read a, a couple of books about this topic. Many of those people are miserable after they win something like that, and everybody says, oh, no, I wouldn't be, but... The odds right. are that, yeah, it usually does not turn out well when people who don't have a lot of money are given a lot of money. Okay. All righty, bud. Well, I'll keep pondering and talk some more with the wife about it and see what you come up with. Yeah, there you go. The only other thing I can think of, and I'm not sure that I'd be any better at this than you are, is maybe you have her call with you one day and we all talk about it together. Let's uh, let's go to Ohio. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Good to hear you. What's on your mind today? Well, I just I was just going to leave a message, but she went ahead and put me on through to you. But you know, you were talking about starting a show for like the first year truckers. Yeah. And, yeah. And I just wanted to throw out. Um, a person for you that you might look at. He's a YouTuber. I don't think he's 30 yet, but he started with a, a flatbed company and he's still a flatbedder, but he worked like two years doing that. And then he, he's gotten his own trucks. He's got two trucks now. And the guy's just so full of energy. And, and I mean, he's, he's a pleasure to watch. And I thought maybe you might want to maybe look him up and that yeah. could be, you know, a possibility, yeah. but it's, it's trucking with K T A Y, and he's he's out of I think the Illinois no Memphis I believe, and I think he lives around there. But he's he's just a really good guy. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, that, um, oh, yeah, that uh, we did that show back in uh, 2014 we when we had our own network back then, and uh, it. it uh-huh. You know, that first year of trucking, we all remember it. That, that can be a really tough year. And having, you know, a show where we can address a lot of those things and help people with that, um, I think would really make a difference. Hey, I'm going to cut you loose because I am getting a ton of feedback on this line for some reason. But I wrote that down, Trucking with K on YouTube. And I will look that up because I'd love to bring back that show. We called it Trucking 101, and it was really focused on getting through that first year. Whether you're a company driver, owner-operator, lease purchase, whatever it might be, local, over-the-road, specialized, doesn't matter. If you're in trucking, that first year is tough, and there's a lot of things we could do to help those people get through that first year a lot better. So uh, we are looking for a host to do that show for us, Trucking 101. So if you have anybody in mind, I've got this one on the list and a couple other people I'm looking at. Um, we are looking to do that. All right. We are going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow for the power hour and the pit. We'll see you then.
Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.